Well, greetings, good friends. You know, Romans 15.4 teaches that whatever things were written before time were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. That's an awesome thought. So we're going to think about that today as we visit Amos, a prophet of old. That's today on the International Gospel Hour. Stay with us. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. We're so glad you've decided to listen to our program today. In a world of challenges, we need God's Word to help us face those challenges. Thank you for joining us in this period of Bible study with our speaker, Jeff Archie, of International Gospel Hour, a broadcast of the Churches of Christ. Let's listen now. Here's Jeff. Well, thank you to our J-Web, and greetings to all of you for being with us today for our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. You know, for almost 90 years we've been on the air. We first aired in 1934, and as of this recording and airing, well, it's going to be almost 90 years. We're grateful for our listeners all through the years, and we are indebted to you for tuning in and studying with us. Thousands of individuals over the years have been brought to Jesus Christ through the International Gospel Hour study time, and I pray that such will be the case for you indeed. We're under the oversight of the elders of the West Fayetteville, Tennessee Church of Christ, located on 24 Boones Hill Road in Fayetteville, Tennessee, about 20 miles north of Huntsville, Alabama. You can contact us through our post office box, 118 Fayetteville, Tennessee, 37334. We love to hear from our listeners. Whether you agree with us or not, we appreciate you taking the time to reach out to us. Some folks simply opt to call our toll-free number, and that's very easy, 855-444-6988. That's 855-444-6988. As a matter of fact, feel free to contact us and just say, I heard you on radio station or a podcast option or wherever you've heard our broadcast. We'd like to know where our listeners are tuning in and how they are tuning in. And also our website at internationalgospelhour.com will allow you to send us a message through the contact tab. That's internationalgospelhour.com. Again, thank you for being with us today. Friends, the New Testament scriptures not only instruct us as the covenant of which we are under today, and how we should walk with God through the study of the New Testament, but it also serves as a reminder of the behavior that one should avoid. And we do that by going back, looking in the Old Testament, for example. 1 Corinthians 10 notes the behavior of the children of Israel in the wilderness after God had brought them forth from the captivity of Egypt. In 1 Corinthians 10, beginning with verse 6, the Bible says, Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, and do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, or fornication, and in one day twenty-three thousand fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. 
Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now that parallels perfectly with the introduction of Romans 15.4 of the things that were written afore or before time. But when we look back at this example of 1 Corinthians 10, let's be reminded of a few things. We are reminded of the sin of fornication, verses 6 and 8, to where we fulfill the sexual desires with one in whom we are not in a God-approved marriage. God-approved marriage is one man and one woman for life, Genesis 1 and 2, and Matthew 19 and verses 4 and following. So we are reminded not to engage in fornication with one of whom we are not married. Second, we are reminded of the sin of idolatry in verse 7, to follow after other gods and how these individuals in Corinth were attempting to serve God while partaking within the temples of devils, as Paul would address later in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 21 and 22. Friends, you know it seems in this age that we are strongly tempted and even blend in a little too much of the idols of recreation, athletics, our jobs, even political preferences that sometimes overrides our spiritual stand for the Almighty God. We're also reminded how unthankful they were of God's blessings and how they tempted or tried God to the far extreme with their behavior and the response of those serpents that came among them, Numbers 21, verses 4 through 6. Now here is a humbling thought, friends. What if God sent serpents to destroy those in His body, the church today, who complain about God's blessings? Can you imagine? How about this reminder? That their murmuring and their complaining there in verse 10 How not only did they tempt God, but they murmured against Moses, Aaron, and God. After the return of the spies, they murmured, they complained, and God sent a plague to destroy some of them, Numbers 14.37. And even the Hebrew writer reminds us of their unbelief in Hebrews 3, verses 12 through 19. Let's go back a little further about Noah. And we're going to learn of Noah, or be reminded of Noah, from 2 Peter 2, verses 5 through 9. The Bible says, And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. So, friends, when I look at Peter's writing in Second Peter 2, 5-9 concerning Noah and Lot, He saved Noah, but he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He delivered the righteous Lot, and he knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and knows how to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And again, these are written for our examples. Now, building upon these examples of old, we turn once again to the prophet of old, Amos. Now, this is part two of our study. And we will briefly review part one in a moment, but part one in its entirety is available at our website, internationalgospelhour.com, 
as well as the podcast platform option of where you are hearing our program. Let's pause here for a little more detail from our J-Web concerning our website. Our website is internationalgospelhour.com. That's internationalgospelhour.com. Please check it out and listen to our other broadcasts. Learn more of our history. Download our app. Request our newsletter and ask for our free Bible study by mail. Also, check out our free resources available from our fellow laborers in the gospel. Yes, friends, all for you through our website at internationalgospelhour.com. Okay, then, let's continue today's study. Dear friends, let's talk today about Message Then, Message Now concerning Amos. Let's do a little review from our earlier broadcast. We begin with Amos 1 in verse 1, the words of Amos, who was among the herdmen of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. He's known as the country preacher due to his work as a herdman and also a dresser of sycamore trees, Amos 7 in verse 14. Now, we're going to recognize that importance in a moment. But this is a time where materialism is up and the morality of these people is down. Two different reigns in the government. Religion is just enough God. Their arrogance that they were the nation under God, Israel. Well, folks, does that not sound familiar today? Well, there were two messages then, and now we note from the previous broadcast these messages stated then and stated now. How about the message, Thus Says the Lord? It was the exact message of Amos' day. And it is expressed with the statement, For three transgressions and for four, that's found in chapters 1 and 2. This statement, For three transgressions and for four, is one that expresses the severity of sinful living and abominations unto God, and the impending punishment upon not only the heathen areas listed in chapter 1, but even the divided kingdom that were to follow God in chapter 2. So like Amos, our answers to the world, friends, should always have a thus saith the Lord as we search the scriptures for the answers God provides. I was reading this past week of individuals engaging in conversation with folks who say, well, I know what the Bible says, or I know that book, but I feel in my heart thus, and then explain their position. Dear friends, we need to be very careful to avoid the feelings of our heart unless they are based upon the faith that is according to the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10.17. And when someone reads something in the Scriptures and says, I see what that says, but I wouldn't trade what I feel in my heart for anything. Friends, if God said it, that should be the Word that dwells within our hearts. Not our feelings, but our faith based upon God. Friends, don't ever be deceived. How you feel, make sure is, make sure it is, if you will, how you faith, what you believe, and make sure it's after the scripture again, where faith comes, Romans 10, 17. Here is a message then and a message now, the second one we looked at from a previous broadcast of the phrase, a famine on the land. 
That's from Amos 8, verse 11. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. In other words, you're going to have before you the word of the Lord, but the day is going to come, yet you wish you had the words of the Lord, because the way you're living is going to take you further away from God. Friends, do we not see that today in this nation, any nation for that matter? Because it seems the words of God are being avoided at all cost. Thus, we need to make certain we are serving up the great spiritual food of the bread of life, Jesus Christ, John six thirty three through 35 and the water of life, John four ten through 14 While there are those that wish to avoid such, dear friends, don't you be one that will avoid the word of God, the bread of life, Jesus, the water of life, Jesus, and make certain that the famine on the land that is of a spiritual desire that you are full and pressing onward in obedience to the Lord and His will. There is nothing sweeter than for a soul to say, I believe in God and confess that faith. In turn, by confessing that faith of belief, they repent of their sins, changing their hearts, Acts 2, verse 38, upon the command of our Lord, Luke 17, 3 and 4, or rather, I'm sorry, Luke 13, 3 and 5. Also, dear friends, we're able to then, based upon that confession of faith and the repentance of sin, that we are baptized just like they were on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2.38, the command, and then the commitment in Acts 2 and verse 41, they that gladly received his word were baptized the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Oh, when that eunuch came up out of the water, he went on his way rejoicing. Acts 8.35-39. He was added to the church that we read of in the New Testament, the pre-denominational body of Jesus Christ, the one and only church that the Scriptures affirm. Friends, what a joyous thought to be simply New Testament Christians and Christians only. Well, those were the messages then, and that's just a quick synopsis, but you can, again, go back and hear that broadcast through our website, internationalgospelhour.com. Scroll down to our weekly Bible study of 30 minutes and look for Message Then, Message Now, Part 1. But we're going to continue now with this Part 2 of two messages that we barely mentioned one and the other is worthy of a deeper study. Message Then, Message Now. From Amos 4, verses 6 and 8 through 11, Yet you have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. You know, no matter the choice of Israel and Judah in following their sinful, erroneous ways, God lets them know that through Amos that He, God the Father, has the greater blessings and the greater fulfillment of life. He had mentioned to them of the things that He provided and said, But you haven't returned unto Me. Why would we not return unto the Lord who has all spiritual blessings in Christ? Ephesians 1.3 Friends, the material things of this world are simply not worthy when we think of the blessings of God and a better life of forgiveness and a hope for eternity. Did not Jesus say in that wonderful Sermon on the Mount in Matthew six nineteen through 21 to not lay up for ourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust will corrupt and where thieves will break through and steal, but lay up treasures in heaven, treasures above, where thieves 
do not break through in steel, where moth and rust will not corrupt. And then in verse 21 of Matthew 6, he said, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, as mentioned earlier, we want to think for a few moments about Amos's confrontation with Amaziah, where Amos gives a brief resume of his work as a gatherer of sycamore fruit and as a shepherd or a herdman of the flock. He simply said in Amos seven fourteen and 15, But I was an herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit, and the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go, prophesy unto my people Israel. You wonder why would God use a herdsman, a shepherd, why would he use one that was a gatherer of sycamore fruit? Well, when you research a little bit about the history of the work of one that would dress trees and tend to a sycamore tree, and also a herdman or a shepherd, you knew God had the right man in mind. I found this very intriguing. Let's think about the work of a herdsman or a shepherd, and also the balance of the work ethic in what Amos did in gathering sycamore fruit. You know, it's possible that the flock, as it's moved along for fresh ground, would be near the sycamore trees that needed to be dressed. So Amos could do a little multitasking, if you would. That seems to be a popular thing nowadays. How much can we get done in as little time? But men like Amos was doing it long ago. Now, as a herdsman or a shepherd, Amos understood protecting sheep. When we see the references to Amos 1 and 2 and Amos 3 and verse 12, and how about David the shepherd king in Psalm 23, and how he praised the Lord as his shepherd? The spiritual warnings, if you will, as a parallel to shepherds in Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And here was the flock of God, Israel, that needed guidance and needed to speak a thus saith the Lord, and that's the voice they needed to hear. Sounds like Amos was the right man for the job, was he not? You know, as a gatherer of sycamore fruit, I find that interesting that when you dress a sycamore tree, you go to what's called the center leader. You prune off branches from the center leader, branches that are not productive, so other branches can feed better from that center leader, the strong center for the branches to grow. You see, when you remove the dead wood or branches that are not productive, then it helps the overall tree. When you consider the parallel, the center is to give strength. That's God in the center. And Amos's preaching and teaching would prune Israel to remind them who is their leader, God, and that when you're removed from God, you have no hope. So Amos knew how to remove the deadwood of sin as punishment would not be turned away from those six heathen nations mentioned in chapters 1 and beginning with chapter 2, and even the punishment that would be upon Judah in chapters 2 beginning with the verse 4 through 5, and even Israel in verses 6 through 16. So friends, we too need to remove the deadwood in our lives that's known as sin to prune out the things in our lives that would hinder our growth in Christ, or to prune away that sin by repentance and turning unto God in obedience to His will, as we mentioned moments ago. 
Friends, we need to think on these things. And I want to pause here and want to direct you for further study. You may be thinking about these things, thinking, I need to get my life in better shape. I, I need to get my life straightened out. Well, let's begin with some further study. We have a free study that's online, and here is our J-Web to give you the details about the study, Does It Matter? As a complement to our study today, our friend Rob Whitaker has a free online video study titled, Does It Matter? Does it matter what you believe? The most important question in all the world is, where will you go when you die? God has provided all that you must know in the Bible. Your questions about salvation, sin, and the church will be answered directly from God's Word, and Rob is an excellent teacher. May we send you the link so you can give it a try? Just call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, email, and just say, Does it matter? Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, email, and just say, Does it matter? You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com Click on the Contacts tab and leave us the same information, name, email, and type Does It Matter in the message blank. We will send the link to you. We hope you enjoy the study. And now let's get back to the Bible. And again, friends, we hope that study will be of interest to you. There are individuals that will search that, that video study, that will be of great help to you. And again, you can find that information as our dear friend, uh, our J-Web, gave you the details moments ago. Also know that you can reach out to us anytime for study material at our toll-free number of 855-444-6988. Let's consider our final message then, message now from the book of Amos. From Amos 4 and verse 12, finally the plea from God to Israel, prepare to meet thy God. You're failing to live the way you should, so you might as well prepare to meet God. That's an urgent plea in the day of Amos and an urgent plea now for us, not knowing when our Lord will return and this old world will end. Preparation needs to be quick and attention needs to be given to be met with an urgency of eternity that's ahead. Preparation remains urgent, friends, because there will be a judgment day, according to Hebrews 9.27. That judgment day will indeed have a judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, John 12.48 and 2 Timothy 2, verses 2 and 8. And everyone who has ever lived and who is living now will be there, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. There will be a judgment day, and we best be prepared. It remains urgent because, speaking of preparation, there is a prepared hell for the devil and his angels. We note that from Matthew 25, verse 41, an everlasting fire, a furnace of fire, Matthew 13:42, a fire that is unquenchable, Mark 9, verses 44, 46, and 48. Dear friends, nobody wants to leave this earth and live in an eternity in hellfire and condemnation. Therefore, preparation remains urgent because there is a prepared heaven. You give anybody with a proper mindset, they would choose heaven over hell any day. 
Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people, John 14, verses 1 through 3, a place that Jesus said, I have gone to prepare for you. And our earthly bodies will not last forever, friends, but that home in heaven that will await us one day, 2 Corinthians 5, 1, if indeed we have lived faithful and obeyed His gospel. We know our earthly bodies will not last forever, but that home in heaven will. You see, the same plea in the day of Amos is the same today. We must prepare to meet our God. And if we fail to prepare our lives on this earth and live any way than we want, and think when life is over, well, God will save me anyway. The Bible doesn't teach that top side nor bottom, nowhere from the beginning of Genesis to the end of the Revelation. And if we have failed to prepare our lives, friends, we have prepared to miss eternal life with God in Jesus Christ. That's the presence of whom I want to have my life, my soul, before. And how thankful I am for God who has given us His will and His way through His Word. Now, friends, if the online study is not accessible to you, here is our J-Web with our Bible study course available by U.S. Mail or by mail worldwide. Here are those details of how you can receive your free home Bible study. Friends, the International Gospel Hour offers for free a Bible study course available by mail. That's right. At your own pace, you can study the Bible in your own home. It's free. Give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things that be of God. Message then, message now, friends. We are to know the Word of God, to learn of His Word, to respect His warnings, and to see His blessings. And dear friends, we need to take the words of Amos 9 and verse 10, our final message then, message now, to not allow the evil to overtake us, nor to prevent us. What a wonderful thought from Amos of old, message then, message now, and to God be the glory. We'd love to hear from you. Again, our toll-free number is 855-444-6988, or drop us a line at internationalgospelhour.com through our contact tab. We're going to continue our studies together at another time. And as always, friends, thank you for joining me today on our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie, and as always, keep listening. Thank you for listening today. May this study prompt your search of God's Word for His will in your life. To assist you in your study or to listen to other programs, please visit our website at internationalgospelhour.com. To God be the glory.